Hey, hey, it's me, Andrea Hang, your Money Talks podcast host. And on this show, we regularly talk about personal finance topics that interest you and help you save money. If you've missed any episodes, all you got to do is find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or now YouTube Music. And while you're there, please leave me a comment. I would love to hear from you. Now, speaking of saving money, we've had one episode this year that many of you enjoyed listening to, and that's about how to shop smarter to manage your higher grocery bills. Now, I don't know about you, but my grocery bills have definitely been stacking up, no thanks to rising inflation. So I'm bringing back this oldie but goodie episode I recorded with Dawn Cher. She's the author of personal finance blog, SG Budget Babe. Thanks for listening. You're listening to a CNA podcast. What is your top grocery shopping hack? House brands. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Vitamins, cotton pads, tissues, good variety at more affordable prices. Hi there, welcome to Money Talks. I'm Andrea Heng. Now, are you paying $2 to $3 more for your favourite brand of grapes at the supermarket? I'm here to tell you it is certainly not an illusion. I know I've been forking out more for my own daily necessities. And my bill at the end of the month? It is higher than I've remembered it. The reality is we are in an unprecedented time. Food prices are soaring worldwide. Inflation is at a record high. And GST has kicked in. Here in Singapore, food prices increased by 7.5% year-on-year in December of 2022. That's the highest increase since 2008. Everything from bread to meat and dairy products. Eating out has also become more expensive. So what do we do? Do we scrimp on quality? Do we treat ourselves less? Do we buy fewer things? How do we stretch our dollar? I have now Dawn Che. She is the author of personal finance blog, SG Budget Babe. Hey Dawn, welcome to CNA's Money Talks podcast. Good to have you with us. Hi Andrew, thanks for having me back. All right, let me just ask you a quick question. How much more are you paying for your favourite fruit nowadays? Are you griping like I am? To be honest, I haven't really been tracking, but I have realised that my grocery bills are now coming in at a much higher number on average. Maybe in Q1, Q2 last year, my grocery bills each trip every fortnight would probably set me back like by 100 plus. At most, would be low 200. And that's enough to feed like my family for two weeks, right? But nowadays, it's locking more towards like 200 plus and a recent one was even 300 plus. So I don't know for sure if it was the individual line items that went up in price tech but I'm pretty sure it wasn't us buying significantly more because we're still more or less in the same habits. Okay, so when did it first hit you that food prices specifically in Singapore have gotten more expensive? Was there like a particular item or a moment that made you go, oh, inflation is here? <laughs> um, two moments actually. The first one came with oil. I guess like reading all the news about the oil crisis and the Ukraine war exacerbating things, I started realizing that my SP group monthly bill 
you can see how much your electricity per kilowatt hour is charged, right? And I started seeing like it used to be 0.2 something and now it was like 0.3 something. And I was like, wow, that's a significant change. And then after that, you got those letters by SP saying like for those of you who are on wholesale, you might want to switch to fix because prices are volatile and you could be hit by an unexpected bill you don't switch. So yeah, that, that certainly triggered like, oh dear, uh, is it really getting that bad, right? The second moment, oh. I think, was really, like, we don't track exact line expenses anymore. I used to do that a lot when I was in my 20s, but I think reality is once you have kids, it's kind of difficult to keep up that <laughs> habit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So what I realized was that, like, we don't really count how often we eat out, right? But in the past, I would say we keep our dining out expenses. It shouldn't be more than, like, 1000 a month. But lately, it's been, like, a lot more than that. Even when you go to places where you think it are cheaper, like, you know, maybe um, Pepper Lunch, you wouldn't consider that super atas, right? It's quite mid-scale, median mm-hmm. kind of lifestyle. Um, even a meal for the family there can now set us close to um, almost 100 already. Oh. So we're like, hey, wait, when did eating out become so expensive? And I didn't really have an exact sense, but then I started talking to my friends and I was like, hey, do you also feel that like suddenly dining out has become a lot more pricey and they were like, yeah, I mean, we didn't track exact amounts as well, but we are getting that sense. We're also now starting to think whether we should cut back on dining out. I was like, yeah, oh, I think it's a, bo- a like across the board. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I started feeling the same way also because I felt like, okay, I think we really need to cut back on dining out and not just that, but like ordering in as well mm. because those are already marked up prices. Mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, you know what? Let's just do more groceries, prepare more meals at home try and really save on the bigger dollars here just out of curiosity how many people are there in your family when you say you're feeding your family and the bill comes up to 100 plus if it's for dining out usually it is anywhere between three to four adults and one to two kids so Mm. it depends on whether or not we bring both kids out as well whether my in-laws come along but otherwise yeah that's the norm that we're talking about okay it's pretty average right like usually you would spend say 10 plus per person at a median outlet now it's closer to like 20 per person even at a median kind of standard outlet and when you go for the slightly more not even atas yet just slightly more of a treat kind of places like Haiti Lao well the view is a lot higher yeah yeah, it's explosively higher. In fact, I just had coffee downstairs and uh, I have never in my life paid $9.80 <gasps> for coffee. It's crazy. So oh my it's, gosh. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about how you don't do line tracking anymore when you track your expenses for your family. So how exactly are you tracking expenses for your family and how much you spend? What's your current method now? I think managing for individuals versus households is very different. You start to be hit by mm. lack of time and energy to start tracking all this when you have more commitments on your plate. So what I find works best now is making sure whatever amount we have set aside for that month, once we start to go low or we have to top up, right, then I'll just vaguely keep track Oh, we top up like quite a few times this month. Or like, okay, I think the amount has to go up. Or if I'm giving my helper money to go down and do marketing, right? How come she suddenly seems to be asking me for marketing money more often than in the past? So it's like getting that sense rather than an exact amount already. Mm. Yeah. The easiest way for couples who want to be a bit more diligent on that, the easiest way is really to transfer yourself a set 
amount of household budget each month and then seeing how much you deduct from there. And you can also separate between one account for fixed bills versus another for like not fixed ones where you can have a bit more flexibility, including like your groceries. So that's mm. an easy method for people to do if they no longer have time to do line tracking. La. That's a great tip actually because like you said, not everyone has the luxury of time to really track every single expense mm-hmm. uh, that's coming out of the account, for example. So just having an overview of what kind of movements you're seeing in your bank account is a good way to start. So we talked about how eating out has become more expensive now and you mentioned your helper asking you for marketing allowances more frequently, for example. Mm. Have you noticed... If there were specific items, perhaps specific food items that have gone up in price? Egg. <laughs> eggs for sure I remember eggs being a lot cheaper in the past but it seems like now we have to buy really in bulk and when I say in bulk I mean 30 not 10 the brown trays right yes correct so it's like wow but 30 is always a bit hard right because you're like can I really use up all so I'll share with my in-laws so it becomes two households but even then we try not to talk up because honestly your fridge also only got so many holes for you to put the <laughs> eggs in uh, huh? so eggs for sure is one I don't know for sure about other items Again, because I haven't been tracking exactly, but I think a lot of the processed items, right, have definitely gone up slightly. Mm. When you say processed items, you're talking about like canned food, tinned food, that sort of stuff or... Or anything in packet, like even instant coffee. I, I cannot be 100% sure about this, but I don't remember paying maybe like seven ninety or eight ninety for my helper's coffee in the past. It might have been closer to 6 something. Okay, so we raised the goods and services tax GST, our favourite three letters, <laughs> from 7% to 8% at the start of 2023. How has this come into play when it comes to your grocery prices? How has that affected your grocery shopping so i think for sure a lot of the brands have increased their prices more than just one percent so the bill increase is not just one percent higher but i think it really comes down more from the price of the item itself rather than the gst because it's where the receipt increase comes in right gst is the last thing but the item is like on top and that's the part that i see is increasing more so i don't know if many brands or businesses although rightfully may have actually increased their prices in response to inflation and hence we are feeling the pinch a lot more than just one percent gst so i think the idea to think about is that the gst increase comes at a time where we're also dealing with price increases of other items that are necessary in our lives. So it's a lot more than just 1% for sure. So it's kind of like a double whammy, you think? Mm, exactly, exactly. Mm, and I don't okay. know how many people have had like a pay raise, a significant pay raise in this period of time. I certainly haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Julie Yu, and I'm the host of the Climate Conversations. Each week, I speak to guests who give us tips on how we can protect the earth. Every once in a while, we also have interesting stories, like how Singapore's first Tesla owner prompted billionaire Elon Musk to reach out to Prime Minister Lee Sin Long, or a chef who makes the juiciest burgers from only plant-based ingredients. For more stories like these, look for The Climate Conversations on our CNA and Me Listen apps or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, so when it comes to your spending habits, so you did say, oh, I'm seeing my eating out bills growing now. I used to pay $60 for a mid-range dinner with my family. Now I'm paying $100 and that's like a $40 increment, right? Has that prompted you to think about how you want to change your spending habits? So are you, say, going to cut back on eating out? Are you tapawing less in terms of ordering in? The way you shop, are you looking at different kinds of brands for example versus what you were used to talk to us about that for sure I think one thing that makes me quite different is that I don't just think I act on it pretty quickly so I have been generally quite a thrifty person by nature I'm quite prudent in our spending and I only pay for brands and quality on occasions where I'm really convinced like I really need to see a significant change in the product quality or a, a tangible impact to me and not just something like the brand claims or because it's more expensive, hence it's perceived to be better. And what I've done is I started acting on it by going towards more house brands. That probably started sometime last year. And it was great because while I've always used house brands all along, I haven't used as much as I have. If you look at like the ratio or even the variety, like fair price and all, they are bringing in and expanding the range of house brands to consumers. So it was like just nice kind of timing. You needed more house brands to cut down and just nice as more of the item as well as more variety to choose from. And as a result, the quality has also gotten much better. I wouldn't pay for expensive milk, for example, right? The fair price house brand milk. It's actually quite comparable to the non-house brands one. And of course, if you're not picky on taste, lah, right? Some people are like, no, I only subscribe to like one brand of soy milk or one brand of oat milk. Then that's fine. But if you're like, I just want a soy milk for these benefits or just a taste of it or stuff and I'm flexible, the house brands can actually help to shave quite a bit. I did this interesting exercise on my Instagram where my husband and I went to a supermarket and we each held one cut. He took the more expensive ones or more like the average items, the super expensive so for example potato chips that's like the $7 ones and the $3 $4 ones okay so he would go for the 3 or $4 one not the high end I would go for the house brand version of it and then when we compared our bill at the end of the checkout Mine were 30 something percent cheaper. Wow. So that's the kind of impact. It was quite interesting to see that's how much you can actually save if you make the switch to house brands. I did notice that you are quite the champion of house brands. <laughs> I think they're great. Yeah, yeah. I have to admit, I was quite averse to house brands quite some years ago. And I think you'll agree with me when I say that back then, I'm talking about, say, five, minimum five years ago, house brand toilet paper or house brand potato chips cotton pads yeah cotton pads they left us wanting in terms of quality right I mean we can't deny that correct like you use the cotton pad to remove your makeup but before you remove half uh, the cotton pad really disintegrates so how to continue (laughs) uh? (laughs) exactly so like it leaves a trail of cotton across your forehead and you're like no now I have to use another one and it's defeating the purpose of buying a house brand exactly it seems that the quality has since improved and you said so earlier Mm -hmm. also like your potato chips for example you're buying cheaper house brands and they tastes pretty much the same and I think in one of your videos you also tested peanut butter um, was mm. was one of the items that you compared a house brand to a I guess a regular mid-range brand and it served the same purpose you were able to feed your family for the same quality food product but at a cheaper price so there's still this stigma though that some of us still have about house brands right mm. do you think that that's the case that house brands are still of lower quality of inferior quality 
Mm, for sure, the stigma still exists. I think you can attribute it to two factors. First is like what you said, people don't realise. So it's ignorance and lack of knowledge. They don't realise that the house brands of the past are not what it is now. The variety and quality has gotten way better. And in fact, like even the prices are a bit higher now uh, because of the quality. But it is very good now. So if people give themselves a chance to try out, I think that's important. Then you can make a judgement call again based on the quality today instead of your perceived quality of it based on on your five years ago experience. So that's important, right? The second thing also, I think it really depends on your own mindset and how influenced you are by what people think of you. Because the truth is, even though being frugal and prudent and thrifty are good traits, in this age of social media and people showing off rants and all, it's not something that you really get celebrated for. And some people are very quick to say, are you so stingy, so miserly? I get that a lot. Especially in my line. Okay, so I've kind of gotten immune to it because I'm like, I don't care what you think because at the end of the day, even if you think I'm stingy for using this brand instead of the brand that you like, well, if I don't have money to feed my family, are you going to step in and help me? No, right? So I'm a bit immune to that. What people don't realise is being impressionable or wanting to impress comes at a cost. Oh, yes. If you can't afford that, then maybe you should rethink or learn how to be more comfortable and confident in your own skin because for me, right, I repeat my outfits and I'm not ashamed of it. In fact, I like it when people see even on my IG, if people see like, eh, didn't she just wear this outfit like four months ago? I'm like, yeah, you know, saving the environment, reuse my outfit, I'm getting more out of the same dress and not letting them end up in some refill that are land yeah. yeah, so it's really about your attitude towards the things that you have and own. Yeah, and it's not just cost-benefit, there's an environmental benefit to it also, right? Being prudent. Exactly. And you know what, Don? You never know. I mean, to the naysayers, to your Instagram or, you know, saying that you're very stingy and you're penny-pinching and all that kind of stuff, you know what? You might actually set a new trend, right? Maybe this is the time with, you know, higher inflation, people spending more on food and all and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you'll be able to turn it around. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope. But I think, like, to be honest, I'm not that influential. <laughs> I think the only thing thing I can hope for is that by sharing and like being my authentic self, people who are like me or who are in a position where they just don't want or cannot afford to spend that much, at least they don't feel so ashamed. So I hope I just make these people feel less alone and to show them that it's okay because not everyone is rich or has a lot of money to go and do all these things without caring about the effects of inflation. Yeah. Speaking of inflation, one of the key things that sort of defines your social status is where you shop, right? So going back to the topic of shopping for food a lot of us tend to think that oh shopping at the supermarket is sort of more premium you get the freshest stuff but what about shopping at wet markets I personally like shopping at wet markets whenever I can because I don't have to buy a whole pack of chilies or onions because there are only the two of us in the house I only really need a few pieces right so do you think this actually works in terms of cost savings Yeah, I think it's a fabulous tip actually. It's one that I don't personally do, but my helper does. So when we go on our fortnightly grocery trips, right, very seldom we'll have a huge bulk of vegetables. At the most, it's probably just one pack of portobello mushroom for that week. And then like maybe just one or two broccolis or spinach. But everything else, every other vegetables will always be bought at the wet market. And that's where my helper will ask me for the marketing money, right? And you're right, like you get to control more of the portions that you want and it's cheaper as well. Although the only question I would ask here is, is buying more quantities equivalent to what you would have paid for the bigger quantities at the supermarket? 
market. But then you buy the big one, you don't end up using it, then that's a waste of solar. Yeah, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. It's the priority saving every cent that you can or buying what you need and not wasting it. Exactly. I think one thing I will also emphasize is I'm a huge believer in that when it comes to fighting inflation, right? We cannot just think of cutting down on what we spend. So I wrote this article where I talk about the three pillars. And the first one, of course, is your budget. The second one would be on how can you optimize what you're already spending. So are there like discounts or cashbacks or credit cards that you can use to get a little bit more of the money that you have to spend anyway? And then the last one would be how can you get more? Can you actually do a side hustle to earn more or take on a bit more projects at your workplace to increase your promotion chances or even say set up your own um, side business or do like a part-time job like tutoring or stuff to earn a little bit more because ultimately if someone is good at increasing their earning power that could very well be easier to achieve versus trying to cut down because there's a point whereby you realize you can't really cut that much anymore without compromising the quality of life that you're willing to settle for and let's say if you look at cutting down 30% of your monthly expenses, right? Say that translates into $1,000 of savings. But if you were to go and uh, take up, let's say, a tutoring job, and you're good at it, or you take up two tutoring jobs, you could easily earn more than $1,000 to make up for the increase that you would have been subjected to due to inflation and all of that. So I think people really need to think about what to prioritize. Of course, as someone who is very busy at the time, then no choice, you only can work on the budgeting side. But then maybe they can look at how can I earn more maybe through investments, right? Or is there something I can do that doesn't take up too much time? Maybe it's not completely active income or even simple things like investing in T-bills when the yield is high because that's that guaranteed by the MES as well, right? So you can do all these little tweaks here and there to try and negate the inflationary pressures that you're feeling. Mm, those are actually really nice sort of backdoor tips almost <laughs> rather than just, you know, straight up, I'm going to cut this, I'm going to cut this and then you end up quite miserable. Well, it's inevitable that we have to pay more for our groceries but with the right strategy the nice little backdoor tips as well there are ways we can stretch our limited dollars thank you so much for your time Dawn uh, for providing some of these handy shopping tips amidst a higher grocery prices on top of inflation and thank you as well our listener now if you've enjoyed this episode of Money Talks do check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as well the team behind Money Talks is Joanne Chan Jacqueline Chan Sayewin Crispina Robert and I am Andrea Hing. Thank you for listening.